Listen in on conversations with some of the most successful business leaders, innovators, visionaries and disruptors in dentistry. Reimagine your dentistry worldview and learn how you can take your performance, potential and results to the next level. This is Dentistry, dentistry on Purpose. And we're your hosts, Mark Topley and Justin Lee. Welcome to our conversation about the Dentistry on Purpose podcast. We wanted just to give you an opportunity to familiarise yourself with the co-hosts. So as you will know perhaps by now, my name is Justin Lee and I'm one of the co-hosts and the other co-host is... Mark Topley. So you'll get to know us throughout our seasons and each of the episodes, but we thought it would be useful just to give you some background to both of us. So Mark, do you mind? Can I ask you to start? Give us some background. How did you get here? Oh my gosh. Well, I've got what some people would call a checkered career. I prefer to call it varied. Oh, gosh, a million years ago, I landed at teacher training college, having failed my A-levels once. Um, But I managed to get into teacher training college, which I did and loved and taught for about four years. An interesting little place called Lee Park, uh, which is just outside Portsmouth in, in Hampshire, which is great fun and made some great friends, really enjoyed education, all that sort of thing. But then I kind of got itchy feet and I started doing overseas travel projects um, in Ethiopia, a couple of other places. And, you know, anybody that's a teacher knows that the holidays are great, but they're fixed. So you can't have any flexibility whatsoever. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to move on from that. So I went into community project management, sort of play schemes and stuff in the UK, volunteered some time overseas and, and stuff like that, which was great. Got into charity startup, started a national charity uh, with a bunch of um, church leaders from across the, the spectrum. Uh, then got in the music industry, which was um, interesting, dragging wow. teenage bands around Northern Europe and the States and some other places. Um, nice checkered. <laughs> yeah, it is. Tell me about it. And then, do you know what? I had one of those moments where I was about to, to start production management on a, a new national tour for a musical. And I thought, great. So I jacked in all the jobs that I had and everything was almost done. And then the funders pulled the plug and that wasn't great. It was kind of like, oh, what are we going to do now? So I learned to play golf badly in a month. Thankfully, my wife was earning enough money at that point to support us both. And the great thing was, is that got me into dentistry because I ended up getting a job as head of communications with Dentaid. Through that, I then met Ian Wilson, we started working on the Bridge to Aid volunteer program, and that took me over to to Tanzania early 2000s, where we worked until 2015. So a huge variety of of different things, but everything has, everything combines to enable me to do what I do today, which is great fun. The route into dentistry, how long ago was that? How long have you now been in dentistry? 2003. So getting on for 20 years now, gosh, that's a bit frightening, isn't it? Yeah. So Ian, one of my great friends, him and his wife were the only people that we could find to drink a bottle of wine with on a Monday night when we were without kids and all of our friends had kids. And so um, (laughs) I know it's like, who can we go drinking with tonight? And they were the only people that would, that would do it. So they were kind of fun people. They went out to Tanzania and we sort of waved him goodbye. They came back. And when they came back for their sort of summer visit to drum up support for what they were doing, I kind of got captured by what that was all about. We spent some time with them in Tanzania over a Christmas, took a month off, did some work with them and thought, actually, this is something we could really put a lot into and support what they were trying to do and kind of went from there, really. So, yeah, long time now in the in the industry and around the profession, which 
is an interesting one, as you and I know, you know, they're a great bunch. And well, they, they also snare you, Mark, once you're in, you can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're caught. It's, it's a tight knit group of people, isn't it? It's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a great profession. It's a great industry and huge potential for, you know, people like you and me to have a lot of fun and, um, and, and help people doing it. So, yeah. 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 Mark, can I take you back to, something that I noticed when you were talking through your early career. What drew you early on? You said you went out and did some almost like missionary work, right? Some charity work. Where was the draw for that very early on? I got a friend who was working, an amazing guy. He's got an MBE now for his work. His name's Greg Valerio in sustainability and uh, fairly traded gold. That was his thing. Early on, he spotted that there was huge corruption and injustice in certain sectors of the gold industry and he wanted to in the same way as as we now all understand that coffee is is grown by farmers and all the money is made by the middleman and if you want to look after the farmer who's growing it you've got to have a transparent supply chain Mm -hmm. that's effectively what what greg has worked on a lot with gold anyway winding back to the early 90s he was in touch with and connected with a project called IHA UDP integrated holistic approach urban development project which is working in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia right. in the the slums of the slums and i was really inspired by what he was doing and he dragged me out on a couple of trips where i did some teacher training and other bits and bobs and just although it was a horrific experience because i was you know in my early 20s thinking, what am I letting myself in for? Actually, it planted a seed for something which then took a few years to reach the point where I was ready to go for it again. But it was it was the connection with him and thinking, actually, this is somewhere we could make a difference. So you were inspired by him. That's interesting, isn't it? Because as you say, planted seeds, you think about our experiences, you think about our clients' experiences, the people that come on our podcast, hopefully the people that listen to this, we're all looking for inspiration, aren't we? Looking for someone yeah. to kind of plant seeds with us, help us to find some purpose, meaning, some growth, some development, which is kind of really, it's interesting. That's kind of been your experience from very early on in your career. Really good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I forget what the third part of this quote is, but I forget and I forget who said it. So, but there is some meaning to it, even though I've forgotten half of what it is. But the things that will make the difference in terms of where you get to are the books that you read and the people that you hang out with, what you do about it, I guess. But yeah, you, you've got to have inputs. I think, you know, none of us none of us can grow or function well if we're not getting input from the stuff that we read and the people that we allow to influence us. And mm-hmm. so looking for the right people to be influenced by, I think is a key factor. So yeah, what about you? Where, how did you get into all this? Well, my background is dentistry originally. So I left school at the tender age of about 17. I was halfway through my A-levels and, and dropped out to go and work as a dental technician. So I started out in the lab. Uh, I was really lucky. The lab I worked in was at the back of a practice. So it was the dentist owned the laboratory. And so I saw the full spectrum of not only laboratory work, but also I saw the clinical side. So we were very often invited into the surgery to see a patient or give some advice on a particular uh, situation with a patient. And so I did that for about four and a bit years, qualified as a technician, and just realized that it wasn't what I was destined to do. And I then went into dental sales. So I started out on a territory with uh, both sides of the dental market, really, both the retail side. So I started out with a retail sales role with Wright. It was was Wright Health Group back in the day. People will know it now as Wright Cottrell. And I had a couple of years on the territory. Uh, Quite enjoyed that. Met some really great people. uh, Covered pretty much London and the Southeast. So big old patch. 
and it was a new, relatively new territory for, for rights. I was there a couple of years, and then I was lucky enough to move to Dentsply. So I had four years at Dentsply. Uh, had some really good training. That was the first time I was really given some clear and meaningful training in how to sell products and how to sell and build relationships rather than just go in and tell people what I had and expect them to order from me. <laughs> so really quite, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Made quite a difference, actually, believe it or not. So four years at Dentsply, and then in 99, I joined 3M. And that really did kind of launch my capability, my desire for learning. And 3M are a great company in that they invest in people, they train you on leadership, they do a lot of sales training, they do a lot of development uh, in their people. And it's, it was a great experience. I was at 3M for 18 years and had lots of different roles inside and outside of dentistry, moved up through, I was on a leadership program with them. So I ended up as a sales leader in one of their medical businesses, then ended up a business leader in an IT accessories business for them. Then I led a business in their healthcare analytics division, and I ended up as, as general manager of one of their largest businesses, which was Medical Solutions, back in 2015 to 17. And then the end of 2017, I had enough of the corporate world. And I don't very often tell people, but I, I kind of came down to earth with a bit of a bump. I didn't, I didn't have a very good experience in my last couple of years in the corporate world. I hit a bit of a wall. I was managing a very, very large business. and It was, it was really quite difficult. And actually, I found myself in a position where I just wasn't able to continue. So I exited 3M and then t- took some time to kind of regain perspective on life. I've been working you know, seven days a week, ridiculous hours. I've kind of lost connection with my family and, and friends. And I got a bit consumed by it without realizing I was being consumed by it. It's a bit of a trap, isn't it? You find yourself being drawn day by day, week by week. Anyway, I took some time out, which was really good for me. I retrained as an executive coach with the Association of Executive Coaching. And I'd been out of dentistry at that point. This was 2017-18. I've been out of dentistry since 2005, so 13 years out. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I'd missed it. And right. so, so as well as retraining as a coach, setting up a business of my own, I then started to reconnect with people in my network, just explain what I was doing, ask if I could have a conversation about what they were doing in their businesses and whether I could help. And I started coaching some senior leaders, started to build out some programs. And that's kind of how I've been fortunate enough to come back to the dental market. And I really consider it fortunate. I've, I've got some really good friends that I've known from you know early 90s. And even though I hadn't seen them for kind of 10 to 15 years, as soon as I reconnected, it was like we'd never been apart. And yeah. that's both on the you know industry side, suppliers to the dental market and clinical. Some of the people that I knew as dentists, practicing dentists, I've been able to reestablish those relationships as if they'd always been continuous. So it's been a great experience for me coming back. And nice like you, Mark, I love it. It's a great market. It's a great industry. It's got full of great people really trying to make a difference to patients and uh, and their own businesses. Yeah, no, that's great. Mm. That's really good. I mean, something you said there, which sort of struck a chord with me, you mentioned coming down to earth with a, with a bump and mm. having been in that place where it's like seven days a week and you kind of get blind, the fact that that's getting, it's like, yeah. Now, I discovered that this is a myth, the whole thing about you put a, a frog in a pan of cold water and heat it up and the frog doesn't, it just dies, doesn't it? It jumps out, it's a myth. But yes. it's that whole yeah. thing of when you're in it, you don't recognise it. And, you know, I look at my Facebook some weeks and I'm like, how on earth did I manage to sustain the level of travel that I did between 2013 and 2017? Because it was impossible. But it, when you're in it, you don't spot it. 
what are you doing now to make sure you do spot it coming down to earth with a bump and like being like oh, i've had enough of this it's mm-hmm. not a great place to be so what, what are you doing to make sure you don't do that anymore yeah so I've, I've got much better kind of habits routines in place in terms of my working week my structure uh the the open dialogue with my wife uh back in the day i was working away a lot so i'd be away three four nights a week so it's kind of invisible to anyone except me whereas now i tend to structure my weeks i really i've got really good open conversations with people around me i work with a coach myself so i get that opportunity to stop and reflect and if it does tip over the edge i've got a good support network of people who just check in on me on a regular basis and ask if i'm okay and the other thing i did mark at the start of 2021 because this situation i'd been through had kind of burnt me out to the point where it was um, you know become unsustainable I recognised that if I'd had a better support network around me, I probably wouldn't have gone off at the deep end like I did. So I've set up a local, through a a national group that I'm a a member of, I've set up a local walking group. So every two weeks, I meet up with a group of guys. It's it's something like I'm a walk leader. We meet at um, a local nature reserve on a Sunday morning. And I put it on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group. I just set it up and said, all men are welcome. You know, here's what we're doing. And we go for about a 90-minute walk. Uh, nice. We talk about what's on our minds. We just kind of have a bit of disconnect from, from social media, from any tech. It's yeah. literally we're walking around the nature. It's beautiful. And I started that in March 2021, last year. Uh, this is kind of off the back of the pandemic and, and knowing that there were a lot of people struggling and knowing how I'd struggled myself in the past. And we're up to, so we'll walk this Sunday, we're up to 35 men. Wow. <laughs> we, get, we get 35 men every fortnight join us. Uh, and it's got to the point Amazing. where there are people in the group that are actually connecting and meeting up for evening walks, meeting up in between our scheduled walks just to provide support with each other. We've got about 60 people in a WhatsApp group and it's continually buzzing with people saying someone needs a bit of support. So the guys kind of rally around that it's become, it's almost got a life of its own. Amazing. And that, that initiative setting that up also just is a good reminder to me to keep that investment in myself, keep yeah. the, you know, the, the work life integration at the right level. Cause people talk about balance, but I think balance is so hard to achieve. I think I'm good at figuring out how do I integrate things? How do I integrate work? How do I integrate relationships? How do we integrate life? How do I make sure that I've got a sense of, the right integration at any one point in time it's something that i think it does come with a bit of gray hair and a bit of experience yeah unfortunately hard one experience yeah but yeah that whole i think you're absolutely right integration is the key balance suggests that you can hold everything in the same tension the whole time and you can't because no. sometimes work needs to take a little bit more of a priority because there's a deadline to chase or there's a program to launch or something or you know a particular thing you've got to get done mm. the key thing is to make sure that doesn't stay over there the whole time but actually it does snap back so it, it takes on its normal size again but yeah that's yeah, really good with the group i didn't mm, realize I, I, that yes yeah, i'm really actually something i'm really proud of it seems mm. to have really made a difference and mental health and well-being is such an easy area for any of us to neglect and i know, mm. you know i've read articles in the bda about the challenges that the dental profession are facing dentists in particular you know having gone through lockdown having to deal with the ppe the, the higher workload the challenges on their staff as dental leaders you think about the role it's very often it's clinical and it's leadership and it's business management and 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 the list is is almost endless so how do you create that sense of well-being and and investment in yourself really important that that we do it for ourselves and support each other yeah absolutely who are you working with talk to me about your sort of client base 
Yeah, so I work on both sides of the equation. I work on the industry side. So I work with people like Align Technology, BioHorizons. Uh, I've got you know, WNH, Septodon, a lot of the market leaders who are suppliers to the market. I also work with the British Dental Industry Association. And then on the other side, I work with some practice groups. So I'm honoured to work with uh, some of the people like My Smile Network and Sandeep Kumar. I'm just starting some work with my dentist. Uh, so I've got some of the some of the larger groups, which is great. It does, I think, give me that kind of perspective on both sides from mm. being able to supply the marketplace and being able to work as the profession work with patients directly. So it's quite a nice compliment in terms of the, the client base. So yeah. I'm really, as I say, privileged to work with some, some amazing people. It's always the people that you remember, isn't it? So yeah, it's good. How, how about you, Mark? Who are your clients? Well, there's two sides to my business. So there's the Great Boss stuff, Great Boss Academy, which launched this year. So it used to be CSR. Now it's Great Boss because mm. during the pandemic, like a lot of people, I kind of saw that a lot of dentists who were in the positions that, uh, that you just talked about, you know, I've, I've got to keep the team going, I've got to deliver clinically, I've got to run the business, but they've never had any kind of formal leadership training like me. I didn't never had any formal leadership training, but I kind of learned on the job, but they needed some support and some building blocks that would help them to lead better and feel more confident about it. So that's where Great Boss Academy came from. And so that's a range of practices across the UK who are part of that as a membership scheme. And then I run the boot camp, which is like the 10 week intensive. And then the other side of the business is ESG, which is the corporate name for CSR. So CSR, Collective Sustainability and Responsibility. ESG is Environmental, Social and Governance. It's the stuff that companies that are of a certain size that have either got an owner or an investor or private equity money, they know that they need to be doing the right things both from a commercial and also an internal perspective, because yeah. that's what their staff are expecting. Mm-hmm. So I work with groups. So working currently with uh, Riverdale Healthcare in the Northeast, have worked with Queensway Ortho, uh, working with Practice Plan. I've worked with a big multi-academy trust in the East of London, actually, which is quite interesting. So they've got 10 schools across East London and Essex with about uh, 1,200 staff and 6,000 kids. Wow. So that's a monster. But it's yeah. all about helping them to demystify what those things are about environmental, social and governance and put it into a plan where they can feel like they're achieving it so they can become better organisations and be more successful. So I've got a great client base, lots of different things going on, but it's all good fun. Very enjoyable. Yeah, that is great, isn't it? So how much of your work is dentistry? How much? You, sounds like the majority is dentistry, right? Yeah, probably 80% is right. either dentistry or dentally related that makes it, it makes perfect sense for me because it's you know I've spent 20 years which we just discovered almost in the sector it's what I know most about in terms of a, a, a sector so yeah it's good fun and I noticed uh, Mark that a lot of your clients become friends I noticed you're really you know you you're really well connected you you've got some great relationships with people in dentistry yeah it's been one of the, the big privileges I think early on you know, I remember walking around the BDIA, and this goes shows a long ago. It was, it was before England won the World Cup. So what's that? 2002, 2003, something like that? Euros. Um, no, the Rugby World Cup. Oh, rugby. I was just going to say, I don't think yeah. that, that, anyone, that was 1966. 66, yeah. I, I, I'm ageing very well. Um, <laughs> but I remember walking around that and meeting people like Carlo Higgins, who at that time was with ADEC, Steve from Belmont, Loads of people like that. You just you kind of get to see over the shows and mm. have a drink with afterwards. And 
I was fortunate in that when I entered it, I was I didn't enter it from a commercial perspective. You know, it was with the charity. So maybe that's why I found it easier. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. I think people like to work with people that, that are like them and that, and that they like. And I've been fortunate to meet a number of those. And also working with Bridge to Aid meant that I had to go knocking on some powerful people's doors to make that work. And so they're people at the end of the day. I think that's one of the great things about dentistry is that it's starting, the hierarchy starting to just break down, whereas it was quite unhelpful of you couldn't talk to that person or this person. Yeah. Actually, a lot of that now is is becoming much flatter, which I think is um, really, really healthy. So. Yeah. And as you say, you know, people are people at the end of the day, whether it's a patient, whether it's a, a, one of the dental profession, whether it's, you know, one of the senior managers, an owner of a, of a corporate, they're all people at the end of the day. And it's about connecting with people, isn't it? It's about finding the things that you've got in common. So mm. some of the most important and powerful people that I've met, you know, have got dogs. So if you've got a dog, you talk to them about their dog. If, you know, yeah. if they've got an interest in rugby or cricket or whatever, then you talk to them about that. If it's a particular, mm. whatever it is, it's about finding connection points, isn't it, with people. Yeah. And that's how we relate to each other and, yeah. and realise we're all the same. Do you, do you want a job as a sales trainer? You sound like you know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> I kind of didn't realise I was selling, but I probably was. And that is the beauty of it, right? When we can get ourselves to the point where it doesn't feel like we're selling, but we are, yeah. it feels completely natural for everyone involved. Anyway, I'm not less less said about yeah, that. Let's later. not go. No, it's good. <laughs> but but you know, hope, hopefully, as we go through each of the seasons, the episodes, people are mm. going to start to learn some of these skills that we discuss here. Which brings me to a kind of I guess question about what made you want to do this. I think it was right place right time right opportunity mm. so i'd been a guest on a number of different things it was probably a year ago now that you reached out or a little bit longer ago than that and yeah and about you said this is what i'm thinking what do you reckon i think it was so it was it was the right kind of connection with you we shared different set similar aspects from our history which were like yeah those are connection points that we can build on that was the, the timing was right for me but the, the overwhelming thing was that this whole issue of purpose mm-hmm. is something that really needs to be talked about because there are far too many people working in jobs where the owners of the business have got no idea what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, all that you it just becomes a transactional, you know, functional place to work. And, mm-hmm. you know, we spend a third of our lives at work it's a tragedy when people are working in a place that doesn't have a sense of purpose, because mm. that means that the chances are for that third of their life, they're going to have less of a sense of purpose other than, you know, generating a paycheck, which is a great thing to do for your family, but it's not what really makes people tick. And from a commercial perspective, it's not what makes people effective and productive and then profitable. So yeah, that's my waffle about why I did it right place, right time and something I'm passionate about. What about you? Nice. Similar reasons, I think, Mark. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I, I'm quite an avid learner. So I like reading, I like listening, and particularly podcasts have become my go-to over the last you know, three to five years. I really like it, and I discovered some of the dental podcasts and was listening to them, and I felt a bit like you, that there was probably an opportunity, a little, not, not, I wouldn't say it's a, a broad gap in the market, but an opportunity to bring some of those you know, high-quality conversations, some of the high value from key people in the dental market 
and be able to kind of ask them a, a, some questions that are perhaps a little bit more focused on, as you say, the, the purpose side. And, and for me, we've discussed this. I think about purpose in two ways. One is the meaning for work, making sure that we're doing things that actually feel good, make a difference, contribute to our organizations, our communities, and do something that actually we can feel proud of. Mm. And then the second part for me around purpose is being intentional. So not just kind of finding ourselves on on a treadmill going through the day-to-day, but actually setting some goals, starting Mm. to think more intentionally about what it is we're trying to achieve, whether that's growth in our business or it's improving quality or it's improving engagement or whatever it is that that actually makes you feel as if you're making progress. Because I think progress is the big thing for a lot of people. When we feel like we're progressing, we get a sense of fulfillment, we get a sense of reward. And so I, I... thought actually there is an opportunity for us to do that I'll be honest with you I wouldn't have done it on my own it's it's too big a task mm. but I, I really like collaborations we, you know we'd met a few times had some good conversations I felt there was shared values between us around the way we think about our businesses our clients our customers and, and our network and, and partnerships that we that we pulled together and I was you know reached out to you you were the first person on the list and so when you were happy to do it, I was over the moon. So, and, and here we are, you know, from what was a concept, you know, a conversation we had in a, what, a cafe bar near King's Cross, was it? Or was it King's Cross or was it? Waterloo. 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 I went into King's Cross and travelled to Waterloo. That was it. And from a conversation there, here we are, I don't know how many months later, perhaps six, seven months later. Yeah. And yeah. season one is about to go live. And it just Very feels exciting. like... Yeah, it feels like actually we created quite a lot of content and quite a lot of value. I'm hoping that listeners uh, will enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some great conversations that we've had the last couple of months. And, you know, hearing the first episode in draft last uh, just a couple of days ago was really exciting because putting it all together and then allowing the guests to really share what they're all about in a way that it's probably different to what a lot of podcasts would do was, you know, how did you do this and how did you do that? And what would you say about this? It's like, well, what means something to you? And, you know, how does this drive you? And opening up some of those backstories and there's some real gems in there of real pearls of wisdom. So I'm looking forward to seeing it come out. Me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to the response from the guests that we've had on because they won't have heard themselves talking about it yet. And you know what it's like, you have a conversation, you forget what you said. So I'm, I'm sure that they'll enjoy listening back to themselves. And importantly, kind of feedback from the market, from the profession about the insights that they're learning and that, that, that they can get to access. I love the idea of a fly on the wall conversation. It did feel like that for each of our guests, didn't it? Definitely. It was really good. So mm. you enjoyed recording season one then? I have really, yeah, really enjoyed it. We've had, as you like you say, some great guests, some really good conversations and some insights in there that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. So, but because we've tried to come at it from this perspective of purpose, I think that's been valuable for our guests just to kind of give them the chance to stop and think about that and how it plays out in their businesses from a leadership perspective from a purpose and intent perspective, from a mission perspective. And I've really enjoyed hearing some of those insights. I've made so many notes. I've bought about five books off the back of the different conversations we've had over the last few months. I've checked out different websites. I've learned through the process of those conversations. It's been really, really valuable and enjoyable. And so, yeah, roll um, roll on season one. And I'm looking forward to season two, Mark, as well. Yeah, which we need to start thinking about at some point, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. work-life integration. We'll be, 
<laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But no, it's been really enjoyable. So thank you to you for uh, one agreeing to do it and two being such a fab co-host. I've really enjoyed our time together as well. And I hope that will come across in the content for our listeners in each of the episodes. Yes, mate. It's been a privilege. Great fun. Onwards and upwards. Absolutely. So thanks, Mark. Looking forward to being with you as we kind of celebrate season one and as we plan for season two and get some feedback from people in the market. Brilliant. Take care. Cheers now. Well, a heartfelt thanks for watching or listening to the Dentistry On Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoy getting close to some of the greatest leaders in dentistry now and in the future. If you have enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button. If you know people in your dental network that you think would like to listen to, then please share this episode with them. We'd be very grateful. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please feel free to do so. If you have suggestions for future guests or you'd like to appear yourself, please contact either Mark or Justin. Our social profiles and contact details are in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.